Hi everyone, it's Vicky um, over here at Zone 7. Um, today I'm here with Marchant, who is going to be talking to us about her music. But it'd be lovely to hear like a backstory of your music, kind of how you go about creating stuff, and then we can go from there maybe. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been making music since I was like 18, so it's going on like five years now. Yeah. It's quite a while. Um, but really seriously, about three years because I moved down to London mm -hmm. to like commit to it. It's one of those things of like you either have to do it or you have to kind of give up and like find yeah. something else to do. So I was like, I'll take it seriously. I'll move to London. Um, I'll do a degree, um, get me <laughs> to London. Um, and I think that's really how I started to kind of like network and be in those like creative spaces. Because yeah. it's really hard when you don't know anyone to yeah. just kind of be like, Hi guys, <laughs> yeah. I really want to do this. Whereas with uni, it's like you kind of turn up and everybody's muddling through it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so my whole band I met like through mm -hmm. uni, like everybody that I work with, my producer. Um, and yeah, so my, um, my flatmate is my bassist mm -hmm. and we were on the same course. Um, and my drummer, she was she's on like a different course but the same year as us and like lived in the same halls as us wow. um and then my guitarist i met like through a friend at uni and so everybody's just kind of got this really nice um like community of creatives that we've got going on which is yeah. a really nice space to work in um and we're all really like supportive and you find like one of us will go and play like a venue or something yeah and then suddenly all of us are at the venue and all of us have played it and everybody's <laughs> kind of doing the same things. Um, so you meet like one of us and then you end up with this whole like, group of people <laughs> just being like, hi, so happy to be here. Yeah. Um, Cause they're all just such lovely people and it means that you get to kind of create music in this space where everyone is really passionate about it. So yeah. I think I'm really lucky that I kind of turn up and I'm like, I wrote this song and people are like, sick, that's good, <laughs> let's do it, that's yeah. brilliant. Um, so I feel really like, lucky for that. I think that's really interesting what you say as well, that it's such a positive space and that almost like when one of you plays a venue becomes yeah. like a group venue. I find there's so much like competition in the creative space and it can be quite difficult to be happy for your friends while also ignoring that feeling of I wish that, I wish that was me. And it seems like you've found a really good space where you'll kind of lift each other up. But have you found that at all where it's like yeah definitely I think with especially like university when it's all being like graded because mm. I think obviously in the real world nothing's graded it's just kind of like you make your stuff for the people that like it yeah. and those people like it and other people don't and you just kind of ignore the people that don't because yeah. they don't really matter to you um whereas at university it's kind of like making it for a specific project mm. to hit all of these like grade boundaries and stuff yeah. and you end up with a lot of like people being really passionate about what they're doing but then being like well this person's got a better grade than me or this person's got more followers than me and we're all sat in classrooms being like well this person's doing this this person's doing this yeah. and like trying to find different ways of measuring ourselves against other people um and I really don't like it because I just think you end up sacrificing mm. the music yeah. to try and make something that's going to do well on social media yeah. or like play well for a record label or you know get some like artist manager to pay attention to you um whereas I think my best music and the music that people seem to actually like resonate with yeah is always the stuff that I've written when I've been the most honest and the most 
me yeah. and like created the things that feel like the most mine. Yeah. Um, I know that I made music back when I was in college and put it out and people were just kind of like, yeah, no, it's fun. Like it's, it's fine. Like they liked it. But this stuff that I'm doing now, this new um, EP that I've made is so mine. Mm -hmm. I showed it to my brother and he was like, this is, this is so you, this is incredible. And yeah. he's like, I know, I'm so excited. And people are really like resonating with it. Mm -hmm. Like anybody that's kind of messaged me about it or commented about it is like, I love this. This is incredible. Like they're taking it to that kind of like extreme of like, no, this is really good. And yeah. it's really nice to have people like saying stuff, but it's also, it's interesting because I feel like this is one of the most honest songs mm -hmm. that I've written and it's the ones that people resonate the most with. So it's better, I think, to just make what you want rather than to sit there and be like, well, so-and-so has this many followers, so if I do what they're doing, then it will be fine. Yeah, so, because you can hear the truth telling almost, and you can tell when it's genuine. And I'm such a big believer of that, like maybe record labels or like big artists forget that people listening and are just kind of focusing too much on the numbers and almost taking away some of that artistry because it's when it's raw and real that people can literally hear it I think yeah I found that I really enjoy that about music artistry is before you can feel the like record labels stepping in yeah. <laughs> it feels so authentic and it feels so raw and if you could speak to like I don't know maybe the pressure to make it digestible to people listening rather than authentic to the people writing and singing yourself, basically. I think we had a bit of that because my degree was technically, I think when I started it was called commercial songwriting. Mm -hmm. They changed the name of it a couple of times, but it was commercial songwriting. So there was a lot of kind of focus on, this is your song, how do we make it commercial? Mm -hmm. And as much as there's kind of some ways of like production standards of like it needs to be this loud to go on Spotify and it needs to, you know, hit all of these things to be playable. Mm -hmm. There's also, is it still your song? Is it still what you wanted to make? Because I don't want to kind of sacrifice the actual song itself for that. And I've definitely had some teachers kind of say to me like, you should change this or you should, you know, make it more of um, this structure because then it will play better on radio, it will be more commercial, people will like it more. And I'm kind of like, mm. I understand where you're coming from, but I also know that some of my favourite songs are kind of like two and a half minutes long Yeah. because they're just somebody going, here is how I feel about everything, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And that's incredible and it's the things that I resonate with, it's the kind of artists that I listen to does tend to be the kind of smaller ones that are just going, here is my thing that I'm really proud of. And so I'd rather do that. And I think you find so often that when artists break out of that mold of three and a half to four minutes, <laughs> like Taylor's version of All Too Well, yeah. like people are listening to every second of that 10 and a bit minute song. Because so the song that I am talking about that I found you through is Speeding Ticket. I've so that's the actually the oldest song on so I've, I've done an ep which i'll be releasing and that's part of this project because i feel like that particular project is like a whole thing on its own mm -hmm. um and this one's the first one that i wrote for it and i wrote it this time last year mm -hmm. i actually found the um the original voice note of when i wrote it and <laughs> i posted a snippet about my instagram um it was kind of odd because i think i wrote it all of the kind of words um, 
to kind of get the idea down to make the point of what I wanted to say, to make sure that I was getting the point across, to be like, okay, this is what the song means. Um, but in my head, I wanted it to be this kind of slightly rockier track of like drums and guitar and like bass, but I was playing it very softly mm -hmm. and um, the beginning of the song is very, very quiet and then it really harshly comes in with the kind of drums and bass and stuff. And I remember kind of taking it to the band, being like, this is the song, but I, w I want it to do this. And they all kind of were like, I don't think that's... Yeah. Like, surely that's like a really like quiet, like nice song. Do this with it. We can build some harmonies up. We can do this. And I'm going, no, 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 no. Trust me, it, it will be really fun if we yeah. just kind of do that because that's how it felt to me. Mm -hmm. And so I took it to them and they, um, I mean, they're, they're all lovely and they're very, um, very talented people, but they kind of went, okay, well, if we, you know, do this with the baseline and maybe change like the phrasing of this bit. Yeah. Um, because it had a really, really long pre-chorus. Mm -hmm. It's very wordy. Um, and Liv, my bassist, um, she was like, if you just take like half of these words out, you can just really harshly like jump into it being kind of a rockier song. Mm. And so we did that. And then we all kind of stopped and looked at each other and went, yeah, this works. This is, oh, yeah. this is good. And I think um, there's a slightly odd timing in the chorus, which my drummer came up with and went, I think we should just do this. Mm. And we all went, yeah, no, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but that does tend to be like my writing process is I'll sit on my own normally in the middle of the night yeah because i look at the time stamps of all of the voice notes like three <laughs> o'clock in the morning and i sit there and i kind of write whatever i'm feeling down mm -hmm. and do sort of like a melody and some chords and kind of it all comes together but um it's primarily the words it's for me it's it's yeah. words first um and then i'll kind of look at it and go okay so i'm hearing like this kind of guitar or this kind of thing and I'll put them all down on like a piece of paper and give some like reference tracks for this is the kind of guitar I want, this is the kind of drums I want, this yeah. is where we're going with it. Um, and I got really lucky that the people I work with are very like, okay, cool, yeah, no, I can do that, that's brilliant, I'll do it. It felt um, almost reflective of what you're talking about in your lyrics. So when you yeah. first like start to like someone, it's that warm feeling and like that fuzzy feeling of like I'm so yeah. excited to see them and I'm excited to get ready and be there with them and then it like you kind of have that uh oh moment where you're like I'm getting into a territory where I might hurt myself or they might hurt me yeah and you I I genuinely feel like the music that you created reflected that um and was so thank like, you <laughs> of course I just I'm very, like, literal in the way that I... Yeah, so am I. Like, I can't listen to music necessarily that I don't feel represents something that I can connect with. That's the best thing I think about music for me was always, like, hearing something and being like, oh, um, somebody else has already felt this and already been through it, and so it's, it's I'm probably OK. Like, I'll probably be all right. Yeah, the song, it's very much about that kind of, like, tipping point when you realise that you, you probably do actually like someone. Yeah. Um, and I spent a lot of time kind of being like, no, 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 I don't. I don't really like them. I don't, it's fine. No, yeah. you know, the I just, denial I don't stage. Care. <laughs> I don't care, it's fine. Yeah. Um, And I think that song was about this kind of like point where I got to where I was like, 
do, I do. And I am just going around like lying to myself and lying to everybody else and trying to make it seem like it's fine when it's not fine. Um, and kind of trying to decide whether I wanted to kind of put everything out on the table mm -hmm. or whether I wanted to kind of take a step back and be like, actually, I'm not ready for this and you're not ready for this. And yeah. maybe I don't want to do it or maybe you don't want to do it or that kind of really scary bit of like pre-relationship <laughs> yeah. yeah you're kind of sat there looking at the other person like um there's a lot that's doing this yeah. are we not doing <laughs> not sure what's happening <laughs> it's really uncertain and it feels yeah. so scary and I think it's in times like that where you're like someone else got through this and I particularly like the way you hear almost the song like yours and then the progression on the album of like oh they're in love now <laughs> like that they know what they're doing um, do and you play your music for the people that yeah. it's about that particular song the person that it is about has heard it mm -hmm. um the rest of the ep they haven't yeah and i don't tend to kind of send it to people because i don't think it's i think so much of music becomes not necessarily about that specific situation. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm taking details out of things to make up like a feeling. Yeah. And I've definitely taken kind of details from one situation to make a point about a feeling about a different one. Yeah. Um, so it can kind of sound like a song is about somebody that it's not about. Mm -hmm. um, and I've definitely kind of looked at songs and gone, oh, that's a really odd detail. I don't know why I put that in because it's not about that. And <laughs> it's like yeah. a really strange thing. Um, and there's a line in one of my songs that's, um, I tell my mother something, but that's a lie. Mm -hmm. And I sent it to my mum. My mum was like, are you lying to me? <laughs> and I go, no, <laughs> not at all. But it's just more to make the point of, like, that I am lying to people that, like, you know, it's not, actually true that I'm saying all of these things and it's not true yeah. um but it is quite funny when people kind of hear little bits of themselves in songs and they're kind of like um Alison your music's yours so you're allowed to go but yeah. work on it <laughs> if you know what I say whatever I mean I have um there's kind of I've written different songs about the same situation that have been like um like one of them's like oh I'm I'm still in love with you and like all of this stuff and then two days later written I just really I'm just like done like I'm out yeah. I'll see you later and it's kind of like there's a lot of truth to the songs mm. but there's also a lot of kind of exaggeration and yeah. like little details that because you put them in a song they sound like they mean a lot more than yeah. they do when actually they're just there to kind of paint a picture mm. of what happened um or what you felt happened yeah. um and I think because I spent so much time around a lot of songwriters and we all like live together. So there's a lot of music written about other people yeah. that you then would have like played in a classroom and you're sat there going, is that about me? Yeah. Like, What's going on? Is that about me? I'm so confused. Um, and kind of going, but it's not true. Yeah. It's like, well, no, it's not all true. It's more to kind of make a point about how you felt about something so it's like the emotion is true mm -hmm. and a lot of the details are in fact true and I yeah. can actually I don't know see in a lot of music where there's almost that exploration of I wish it could have been different and then a different song's like no I'm glad it was exactly like this yeah and that's really 
like healing almost. Do you find yeah. that like songwriting is part of your healing process or like part of your processing or? Absolutely, I think I don't really process until I've written about it. Like yeah. once I've written about it, I've definitely said to my friends like, oh, I'm really upset and I just don't know how I feel about this. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I just don't know what's going on. Like, I just feel really like all over the place. And then the next day, I'll come in and I'm like, "So I've written this song, and I feel like a person again. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah, I'm all, um, I'm all yeah, fixed. I'm all good. I'm, I'm sorted." It's true. Um, and it is just kind of this like processing because I, I have so many songs that I've written that I'll never do anything with. That they're just I mean, there's too many of them for a yeah. start. Um, but there's also songs about situations that. I've put kind of too much detail in and it's like, I'm not gonna yeah. release that because it's private for that person. And it's mm -hmm. not like my story to tell, but I still needed to write about it to deal with my emotion. Yeah. And to get to the point of writing a song that I can then put out. It's yeah. like art as medication, right? I think my favorite thing is when I kind of sing songs that are really important to me, that are like, especially about like my truth and people kind of resonate with them um like there's um there's one song on my ep that's about existing in romantic spaces as um as an autistic person as a mm -hmm. neurodivergent person and i wasn't completely sure if it really kind of translated as mm -hmm. that or whether it was kind of just a song about being kind of like scared or not taken seriously or not like believed or understood and it is is mostly a song about not completely feeling understood um but i had somebody listen to the whole ep and then i was just talking about it saying you know well this song in particular is about being autistic and she went no no, no yeah I, I understood that that's what it that's what it meant to me because mm -hmm. i am as well it really resonated with me and i was like oh my god yeah that's so exciting it's exciting to feel seen isn't it yeah and it's nice that you can kind of make something that kind of heals you and makes you feel seen um while also kind of giving that to other people at the same yeah, time it's so, so nice yeah. to have that kind of like human connection through music and that's why representation matters so much so because people can become so inward about things until they see yeah. someone that they like or respect rocking that same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think as like a young person, because I, I was diagnosed with autism when I was 12, yeah. which is quite unusual for young girls to be diagnosed with any sort of neurodiversity really, and especially back then, because this is a good, good 10 years ago now. <laughs> um, and so I think I spent a lot of time kind of going, well, I can't be a musician or I can't, you know, be in the kind of entertainment industry mm. because nobody else was. Yeah. Um, and it's already, yeah, openly. Nobody kind of like was talking about being in the entertainment industry um, and being neurodivergent. And obviously we have a lot more now, mm -hmm. um, but the, the kind of diversity is still really, awful mm. um i wrote my dissertation on the representation of autism um so i spent a lot of time sat watching television shows about autistic people um and there's just no autistic musicians really at all mm -hmm. not any that are talking about it saying that they are um there's a lot of people theorizing about people who yeah. might be autistic might have adhd because of this characteristic or this characteristic but it's so important to have people that look 
and think like you. Yeah. Doing the things that you want to do. It's, I don't know, you don't want to kind of get stuck generalizing because I, I find it hard to kind of like talk about being autistic on social media because I don't want people to think that I'm talking for them, for their experience yeah. mm -hmm. of like, I can only speak of my experience. And what I say about my music is that all of my music is about the autistic experience because I've never had an experience that, it's not, that wasn't autistic. But at the same time, they're still my experiences. They're not somebody else's experiences. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard because obviously autistic people are as different from other autistic people as neurotypical people are from other neurotypical people. And we all have different thoughts and feelings and emotions and opinions on things. So to kind of go, well, this is what I want you to call this or how I want you to talk about this. And then to have somebody else turn around and go, actually, I really hate it when people do that. Yeah. It's like, oh no, like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to kind of speak for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but and you want to raise the awareness still. Exactly, yeah. You're not speaking for them, but when there's so little representation, people try to yeah. almost like cookie-cutter experiences. Yeah. And it being like, okay, because this person is this thing, and they like it when this happens, so all people that are like them <laughs> yeah. must like it like this. And it's so ridiculous to me, because the reason that we engage with a celebrity or like engage with a creator beyond just we like their art is because we feel connected to them. Yeah. And they're an individual. So to then take away that individuality because they're representing something is so backward and insane. And it's kind of that part of that parasocial relationship where we start to think we yeah. know people and we really don't. It's really odd because it's, it's trying to find the right level of here is this information about me so that people kind of feel connected to the music. So it's not just kind of like floating around. Mm -hmm. um, but also not so much information that I feel like my entire person is out there on the internet mm -hmm. um, and kind of being like worried about saying something that's going to upset someone. Mm -hmm. Like you never want to kind of put something out and then have somebody be like, well, actually that's really problematic or like that's hurt my feelings because of this or, you know, you don't want to upset anybody when you're just trying to like connect with people mm -hmm. and that's all it is. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard because you don't want to kind of generalize yeah. and be like, this is what autism is. Yeah. And you can kind of just make something because you wanted to make it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's something that I really struggle with is like finding a purpose, like as a, as a person and yeah. as a creative of like, if I don't succeed, was it all completely pointless? Like, should I just mm. have not made the music in the first place? Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's mine and I wanted to make it and the other people that made it with me also really wanted to make it and really enjoyed making it um, and it's already resonated for some people and I really think that's enough like I really think that if if nobody else heard it now it's still enough like yeah. the people that it has touched is fine yeah um, and even the songs that I make and then don't do anything with they're still fine and it was still worth the time because I learned yeah. and I processed and I healed and I became a different person, a better person, I'd like to think. But um, it's still worth doing things just for the sake of doing things, just because they're fun or 
beautiful or you know just because you wanted to i think it's like specifically difficult to grasp that in such a capitalist society where it's like i think back in the day like it was enough to spend time and money on something because it was beautiful and now it's got to be that it's making you money or it's making this point or that point and sometimes it can just be we can indulge in art and i think it was really interesting because you said it at the beginning that you kind of moved to london so it was kind of a succeed or yeah kind of thing and that I find a lot of artists have that mentality of I had to put myself in a situation where I had to make my art work yeah or dip out <laughs> I was wondering if you could maybe talk about that a little bit more you have to kind of like have your goals because I I had a um I had a teacher once say to me well you have to kind of decide what exactly like success is for you because success is different for everybody um some people want to make lots and lots of money some people want to have the most amount of people listening to their art some people just want to make the best thing that they can make Mm -hmm. um for me i think like a personal goal is to get to a point where i don't need to be doing things outside of music yeah um to be making rent i think that's the that's the idea is to just kind of have a life where i can just make music and have that be enough um but I also know that I have a lot of other things I've done in my life that I just do because I want to do them Mm -hmm. like I I, am I swam competitively for a really long time and I remember my dad turning to me and going you have to decide whether you want to do it commit to it and do it completely or whether you, you're just doing it for fun. Because if you're doing it for fun, that's absolutely yeah. fine. Continue doing it, do it for fun. But if you've made that decision, then you'll be less upset if you don't kind of hit the goals mm. that other people are putting on you. For me with music, obviously it's a really weird one because I do music because I love it. Mm-hmm. But then I'm trying to make it into a business. And I think for me, there's a separation between this is the bit I do because I love it and this is the bit that I do so that I can do the bit that I love. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, it's one of those things where I think I got to a point where I was really stressed, probably because I was writing a dissertation more than anything else. But um, I got to a point where I said to my mom, I was like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. I'll move home, I'll find a job, and I'll just you know, write music because I want to write music. And my mom was like, are you going to be happy doing that though? Yeah. And I just said, no, I don't think I can be happy without music Mm -hmm. which means for me music has to come above anything else so I have to sacrifice you know jobs that I like but potentially at like weird hours or um, sometimes it's you know social gatherings or going home to see my family I know that I don't go home as much as I would if I wasn't kind of at a concert every weekend like networking or like going to see friends that are playing or playing myself or rehearsing yeah you know, there's always something to be doing, so I don't go home as much as I would personally like mm-hmm. to. Um, because for me, music has to come first. But it's just kind of getting to that point of, can I actually be happy if I don't commit to this? Yeah. Or do I have to commit to it fully and really just completely do it? Um, and like set yourself your own goals, because there's kind of like this idea of just succeeding in the music industry Mm. what is that what does that mean because there are people working full-time jobs in the music industry um that nobody knows who they are Mm -hmm. no one's kind of like 
talking about them or putting them on the front cover of magazines or anything like that, but does that mean that they're not successful? Yeah. Um, and there's a smaller artist who spends their entire life making music and, um, you know, makes a living from it, but isn't, you know, like Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, whatever, you know, world tour, selling out every stadium imaginable. Is that still success? Because for me, I think that is success. Yeah. Like doing what you love doing every single day, having it resonate with people all over the world is still succeeding. And it's so interesting as well. I feel specifically in like music, your success almost gets taken out of your hands at one point. So for example, mm. like if you don't want to go for a promotional work, they can't promote you without you consenting to being promoted. Yeah. <laughs> but if you wake up one day and I hope this happens for you, if you want it, like you get 10 million streams, you yeah. can't disallow people from listening. No. You, know, you don't press play. And even if you delete it, there'll be a copy out there somewhere. Yeah, someone Someone's just bootlegged it. Like it's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Someone's got the fake version and if it's Someone not you like making money. YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. So I think in that aspect, it's kind of weird. And I, when we mention people like Taylor Swift and Harry Styles, I feel like they started out with a dream where it was like, I just yeah. want to make music off this and meet cool people and mm. like this be my living. And now they can't walk into the street no. without being swarmed by people. And I wonder where in their idea of success, it kind of almost got taken out of their hands and they just have to deal with it, basically. Yeah, I think we had a, I think it was the first year of university, we had a conversation about what, what like fame meant, because I think there's a, there's a difference between musicians that are making music because they're making music and people who want to perform for like, crowds yeah. of people um and we were kind of talking about being famous and i said i don't think i want that mm -hmm. i think that's a byproduct of what i want to do yeah. and if it meant that i got to do music on the scale that i of of that because that's insane mm -hmm. um then i'd put up with it and yeah. it would be fine because it's again it's a like a sacrifice that you're making to do the thing that you love doing but it's not the goal. Um, yeah. And the kind of like overnight success thing that we now have because of like social media is so strange. I think going from like nobody knowing who you are mm -hmm. to kind of like half of the planet knowing who you are yeah. must be really, really disconcerting and like slightly terrifying. <laughs> it was uh, so nice to talk to you though and it was really yeah, insightful um, and it feels really magical to be able to like see behind a song that I've really enjoyed. I'm and so it's, glad you like it. It's genuinely really good. I really, really like it. I listen to it non-stop. Um, it's out the 13th of October. 13th of October. Check um, out Marchette's music. Um, it's really good. Your TikTok's really great as well. I think it has quite a soothing vibe, so <laughs> go over there and follow to stay up to date. But it's been so nice talking Thank to you. Thank you for having me. That's all right. No, of course. And do you have any like gigs or anything coming up that you want to play? Um, I have the Amersham Arms on the 8th of November. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it got rescheduled. Yes, it got rescheduled because of train strikes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they didn't happen in the end, which was so yeah, frustrating. <laughs> so, well, now it means yeah. it's after this. So if you watch this, you have the opportunity to go watch Marchant Live. But thank you so much, and it's been really nice talking to you. Thank you.